inside this whip. He rained out his burner. Mama looking at me, crying. She asking when they can stop the murder. Till when did they first stop burning? Till there was no more hurdles. Pop green up, no kernels. This lean designer, no Virgil. No Tesla, I'm a mega pilot. They told my homie, so I gotta break a silence. Welcome back, man. Another episode of the All Hustle No Luck podcast. We're here Sunday morning, bright and early. Basketball, as I always say, is in full effect. I know you guys might take that for granted, but I truly do mean that when I say that, right? A lot of basketball things have been going on, a lot of changes, a lot of rivalries. So let's not waste your time. Let's get into it. Kev, what have you been up to? None, man. I'm good to be here. It's a very good day to be talking basketball, given what happened this week. But we will definitely get to it. Chris, talk to me. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm here, fam. I'm here, live in the flesh. No ups, no downs. You know what I'm saying? I'm here, fam. Let's get it. All right, so let's not waste no time. Everybody in the basketball community is talking about one thing and one thing only, and that's Philly versus Nets. So for those of you that don't know, uh, well, you should know, the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers have exchanged players. They made a trade in which Ben Simmons ultimately moved to the Nets, and in return, the Philly uh, 76ers got James Harden. Um, this is the first game they played against each other um, since that trade, and for whatever reason, Ben Simmons hasn't played. Uh, we don't have to get into that, but... Um, I'm going to just start it off with some high-level thoughts about the game, and then we can dig into the details about what this means, the importance, so on and so forth, right? So I'll start off by saying, like, I watched the game. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch it live, but I did watch, wake up this morning and watch it early because I want to make sure I'm prepared. Um, and, like, I don't really know how to, how to take this game because I'm looking at it, and it looked like Kyrie and KD went in there on a mission, right? They went out there with the game plan saying, this is what we're going to do. They circled the X on the calendar we have to go and show up for this game. And I don't know if Philly did the same thing, right? As I'm watching the game, obviously James Harden didn't have the best game uh, that he could have had. And Embiid kind of did what he usually does at uh, 29 and 12. Um, and to me, it just looked like Philly was treating this like a regular season game. Like this is just another game that they have to go through. And it's no higher or worse or worse than if it was another team, right? Obviously there's some flame behind them because now it's supposed to be a quote-unquote rivalry with the whole Ben Simmons situation, Harding, whatever, whatnot. But I just don't know if Philly was really feeding into that. But it looks like Brooklyn was, at the very least. It looks like Brooklyn took this game as seriously as they would take the game. But um, just to kind of wrap it up, like I, I kind of want to gauge you guys' thoughts on the overall game because to me, it just looked like one team was competing more than the other. And not to say that Philly didn't have a reason to get up for this game, but it just didn't strike me as a be-all, end-all for them. What do you think, Kev? Bro, that's cap. How? And because there's no way. Okay, all right. Let's go the day before this game. There's no way you would have told me that Philly didn't have this game marked on their calendar because they got slapped by thirty. Now you're coming here and telling me that being revisionist and saying maybe they didn't get up for it. It's sometimes it's very simple. You just lost. You had a bad night. It's not about oh you didn't care enough. You didn't have a certain. And B looked like he cared. But Harden did he was, care more than any other game? That's my point. Yes. I don't the, think so. this, okay, if it was okay, maybe Embiid cares about every single game to the highest of highest degrees. But you're telling me those. You're telling me your fans are booing a man that's in street clothes, warming up, mm-hmm. leading up to it. Beer media coverage about Ben Simmons returning, and no one had this game circled. The entire organization didn't feel that this game mattered more than a regular one. Come on, man, you just lost. I don't, I don't know if it. I don't, I don't know as a, or as a team Philly themselves if it mattered. Maybe James Harden individually. But Man. anything, but the, mo- okay. the first one that would have gotten most pressure is Ben Simmons if okay. he was playing any. Okay, so then this this is what I'll tell you, right? You're saying maybe it mattered. So that at that point, you're telling me the Philadelphia 76ers is, is not a team because you're telling me that maybe it mattered more to James Harden. Yeah, on the on the net side, this game mattered more to Ben Simmons, but his teammates showed up for him. No. Yeah, but that's besides the point, though. No, that is the point because you just said that it was maybe it was just Harden that felt the pressure of the situation, not the entire organization. So why did KD, Kyrie, and that entire Nets team feel the pressure of this situation for Ben Simmons? But I said from the very beginning that the Nets circled it. They knew that they had to go out there and they were confused. Right, so, okay, and this is the thing. I disagree with you, but tell me why the Nets, the, sorry, the Philadelphia 76ers would not have circled this game. Come on. I'm not saying that, I guess my point is this. I'm not saying that they didn't, circle the game and say oh we have to go out there and compete i just don't think that they're saying this is the be-all end-all for james harden i do think that and i think the pressure might have got to him which might be explained by his play too much pressure he couldn't perform whatever the case may be but what does what does Embiid have to prove in this game i don't understand what does anybody other than james harden have to go out there and prove and that's my point 
to them, yeah, it might be an important game, but it's no nah. bigger than just another big game. Bro, all right. Okay. All right. Let me just stop back forth you and just give my take. Then. This, I'm going to preface this by saying that I'm not going to act here because it went my way. I'm not going to sit here and act like this is the end all be all. And this is the death of the Philadelphia and 76ers. It just kind of confirmed what I felt already. And me looking at this game, both teams take this personal. This is a regular season game. This is a this is something between a re- a regular season game and the playoffs. Something very and it gets very close to the playoffs, but it's obviously not there. We don't have that type of pressure and that type of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of what happens afterwards. So it's not a playoff game. So I'm not gonna act like send all but it's very important. And it was very important for the Philadelphia 76ers for this very reason. I said this before the game started. This is their team, right? The team that they have that they put out on the court on Thursday is the same team they're going to put out on the court. They'd hope to put on the court on in May or whenever the, the playoffs start. The Nets, on the other hand, could have looked at this, whether or not we agree, and said, okay, if we lose this game, we don't have Ben Simmons. If you add Ben Simmons, this thing's going to look a bit different, right? They didn't have their full team. They were missing a guy that we perceive to be a big piece. Now, again, we can argue if he's even going to show up. That's another thing. But the fact of the matter is that team presently constructed went out went out there and wiped the floor with these guys. And Chris is going to get on after me and tell you, oh, Seth went 10 for 13. Get it out your system. Seth Curry had five steals. Get it out your system. They hit X amount of threes. Get it out your system. This isn't going to happen again. The fact of the matter is, is don't it? let him fool you. <laughs> no, no, no it, it's probably not going to happen again, but don't All let right. him fool you. All right, it so doesn't, it's not going to happen Hold again. on. Hold on. Right. You're right in that. But okay. don't let him fool you. It doesn't need to happen again. They hit Seth, Seth Curry went 10 for 13, five steals, and they won by 30. They don't need to win by 30 every night. They can have a worse game than this. It can be somewhere closer to the middle, and they'd still be up. So don't don't get on here and let them act like they played the Nets played amazing and and pulled out a five point win. They wiped the floor with this match. Game was over in the first quarter. Go ahead. It's just always funny when man's try and talk to talk, you know, try and give your tape before your tape comes. That's how you know it's pressure. But but pressure for who? Don't don't but, get this thing twisted. But so. do not but, confuse the two things. At the end of the day, I pretty much I, I I agree with everything that Rob's was saying, and not everything in the sense that we didn't have it circled because obviously we had the game circled. I'm not saying I'm not going to say I'm not going to front like it wasn't it wasn't a bigger game at, or as big as a regular season game could have been. But what I will say is, it's extremely clear to me that the game was way more important to the Nets than it was to the Philadelphia 76ers. And everything that the Nets said after that win showed me that they came in with the with the notion that they're not losing. And they played, they backed it up in, in the play. Like, when you see the splits on the, on what the, te- the both teams did, number one, like, if one team is going to go out there and shoot the way that they shot the ball, and the other team is going to shoot the way how they shot the ball. Any NBA franchise, any two NBA teams, that's what's going to be the result of it. One team is out there shooting over 50% from deep. The other team is out there shooting below 30, uh, 40% from deep. You're going, to get, you're, you're going to get blown out. It's just as simple as that. And then when you want to look at the individual performances, yes, Seth Curry went and played the game of his life. Clearly, he got traded. Clearly, he felt a way about it. Good for you, fam. I'm happy for you. Go do that. James Harden went three for 17. For much of the night, he was at one point in the third quarter, the guy was one for 14. So it's like one of those where you can tell me that this is James Harden's um, background and this is what James Harden is going to do in the playoffs. Sure. But the reality is, is that, yes, he has bad nights like that, but to tell me that he's going to play every single game like that is just disingenuous to me. If you want to make the argument, sure, go ahead. But then I won't even, you know what I'm saying, I won't entertain in that, back, in that type of back and forth. So the way I see it when I break it all down is one team came in to fend. The other team didn't take it as serious as the next. That's just, the, that's just the way I see it at the end of the day. Yes, Joel Embiid took the game serious, but he always takes the game serious. He had Andre Drummond guarding him. He had 13. He had four, uh, eight free throws on Andre Drummond in the first four minutes. That's not changing. The only thing I see at the end of the day, and this is what I said yesterday too when we were talking about it with the guys, whatever way you were on to begin to start that Thursday at 7.30 p.m. game is the, is the way you're leaning on 
further now. That's just so. That's just the way I see it. No one, no one is going to leave that game and flip flop to what they believe would have been the outcome, regardless of what that game shows. As it should be. All you're going to do is lean closer towards the side that you were on before. If you believe the Philadelphia 76ers, what you're going to say is, it's one game, it's an anomaly, it's a Thursday night in in early March, we'll see what happens when the playoffs rolls around. If you believed in the Nets, Nets are the better team. They don't even have Ben Simmons. They're going to beat these guys in whatever games you feel like they're going to win the game. That's just how I see it. So if man's want to overreact to whatever they want to do, I don't I don't care for that, honestly. I really don't care for that because I know at the end of the day, it does not matter. Sorry, what you just said doesn't make any sense. Um, You said, well, you said that coming from this game, whichever side you were leaning towards, it's just going to force you to lean in further. Going into this game, were you not leaning 76ers? Well, that's an obvious question. Yes. So how in you saying that, oh, it was just one game, we'll catch them in the playoffs, how is that you leaning more towards the 76ers? That would mean you take a positive out of the game. There's no positive out of this game for the 76ers. I just, and with I that, just, I just told you. I just told you the positive out of the game. What's the positive? I just told the seven, the Philip, the, the, not the, the. Oh, how good the Nets played? The Brooklyn Nets made no mistakes. So that's a positive. It's Yes, it is. It's a positive. If, you, if, if the team you're playing literally comes into the game and does not miss. Right. And you can't hit a shot. You you ch- you tip your hat. Ha- good job. You okay. move on. We'll see so, you again. Okay. So how could so so my question would be if that's a positive. If the Nets didn't play as well and squeaked out a ten point win, would that be a would that be a negative for the Sixers? Or are you telling me that any win the Nets got was a positive for the Sixers? I'm telling. I'm. I can speak on what happened in that day. On that day, what happened is the Nets shot the ball out of their mind. The Sixers couldn't hit a shot. I'm not, I don't have to get into what would have happened if this blah, blah, whatever the case. I don't have to get into that. I can speak on what happened. I'm speaking okay. on what happened. Okay. A team playing well and slapping the holy hell out of you is a positive. I got it. My thing is, no one's here is overreacting. I'm not, again, as I said, I'm, I'm just going to make sure that we're not going to downplay this game because of how the situation happened. The way the Nets were talking, I firmly believe, had the Sixers came out and won that game, they'd be talking eerily similar to that. Maybe not to the highest degree. I'm not saying that the 70s, this game meant as much to the Nets. Sorry, I'm not saying this game meant as much to the Sixers as it did to the Nets, but I'm confident enough to say that they were very important and way more than any other regular season game. And the th- my thing is with this rivalry is it's not done. It's, it's not done. Both teams, as I would expect, are going to go into this, into this, you know, this playoff matchup that we keep hypothesizing with the same mindset that I believe that this is above just winning a playoff game. Obviously, at the end of the day, every man's going to be on because it's the playoffs and you got to win, but there's still going to be an added extra to it. So if a man like Rob is coming to me and saying that this isn't an important game, they didn't have it circled on the candidate, then you might as well tell me they're getting washed out because See, I no, don't no, believe no. that. No, 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 hold on. Let me finish. You can go after it. I don't believe that. I believe that this is very important to both teams. So when they meet in the playoffs, it's the playoffs and they're going to have the added bonus on both sides of what these two teams just went through together or against each other, whatever you want to call it. So by no means am I going to sit here and downplay what just happened because they got slapped. If this game went down to the wire and the Nets pulled it out in two, in, with with a minute left, there was a big shot to win the game, Rob's going to be sitting here telling me, oh, the Nets, the Sixers didn't care. They had a bad night. They got slapped. Simple. Doesn't mean they did not care. You can care and get blown out. See, well, what I was saying is, is I'm not I'm not denying the fact that they could lose, win, whatever the outcome is. All I'm saying is, is that whether it was the Nets, Bucks. G State, whatever big team, I just feel like they would have treated it the same. That's, right? that's incorrect. Thinking, that's simply incorrect. I don't feel like they're going out there the, the next game and okay. saying, oh my gosh, we lost to the Nets. Woe is me. Like, you know what I mean? That's not what I'm saying, <laughs> man. No one's say, not a single person is saying the world is over because of that. What I'm saying is it matters. You are not telling me I'm that I'm not saying media, that it doesn't matter. I'm just saying no, no. I don't think it matters more than any yes, other it big does. team. Yes, it does. It matters more than Golden State. You're not going to tell me that the fans are handing out... Ben Simmons dickhead t-shirts prior to the game. There's bare media coverage about this whole Ben Simmons thing, this whole return. Okay, no, hold on. Hold on. And and so, no, hold on. So then I'm going to get to the players now. So you're telling me all of that happens. It trickles. It doesn't trickle down to the players whatsoever. Joel Embiid, who has a problem with Ben Simmons, who's been beaking with KD all season prior to this trade happening. You're telling me this is the same as Golden State? Come on, man. And Chris, listen to me. With me saying that, just... Separate what I'm saying and listen to me. With me saying that, I'm not saying that at the after the game, it's woe is me, the season's over, anything changed. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying to you is it matters. It matters more than Golden State. That is not me saying that the world is over if you lose. But it's simply the fact that we're not going to be revisionists and act like because they did not play well, this did not matter. 
Simple. No, and it's I'm not, not boomstick. Saying, and I'm not saying it didn't. I'm not saying it didn't matter. What I'm saying is that it simply mattered more to one side. That's what I'm saying. Okay. And the way I see the way I see basketball is if you have a if you have great players, KD is a great player. Probably you can argue he's the best player in the game, and he decides I'm not losing. Well, it's going to be very hard to give a man an L. Kyrie Irving came in extremely motivated. Everyone can see that. From the defense to the offense, extremely motivated. Seth Curry, extremely motivated. He Nets was are going to be the same in the playoffs. He was That's doing, my question. But but what I'm saying is, but what I'm saying is, yes, and that's you can yes, and that's are going to be the same in the playoffs. But I'm saying that at that point in time, the same intensity is going to be on the other side. The exact same intensity. Like Bro. Joel Embiid is always going to have that intensity because KD is going to bring it out of him. Because we understand what that is. KD has spoken glowingly of Embiid. So it's we know that that's going to... It's two great players going mano a mano. We know that's what, that's what it's going to be. But at the end of the day, if one team is out here in hostile territory and they decide that they're just going to put on a show for their guy, I commend it. I respect that. No. Like, I truly do. The so idea, congratulations. That's what I'm saying. Like, the idea that the Nets are on another level, but Philly's supposed to go match it in the playoffs. I'm not I'm not riding with that, bro. I believe that they were both on a high enough level where this could have went either way and it was the Nets night. Simple. Because at that point, you're telling me that because if you're telling me that right now the Nets are operating at a higher level intensity of the 76ers because game, of yes, be, because of the game, right? And not not in terms of how it played out, but just going into it, you're telling me that they're at a higher level of intensity than the 76ers then when playoff time comes and you add that playoff intensity, the Nets are still going to be higher than them. Because clearly, at this point, what you're telling me is that the Nets care more about this matchup in terms of beating this team, not just winning a playoff series, but beating this nah, team specifically. Nah. See, now you're trying to now you're trying to wrap it in. It was one game. Right. But what but you're but okay, but it's you're t- you're not listening. All right, man. I'm done. Nah, we can't put so much stock into one I'm individual putting game. stock into one game. You're not listening to me. I'm putting stock into the mindset. It could be one game. They could play again tomorrow. They could play again the game after the night after that. Yeah, but what I'm saying to you is... You're trying to wrap it into, oh, if, if they came in with more intensity in this game, that means they're always going to be more intense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that. You just told me that in the playoff time, they're going to match that. Right? But if we're if 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 you're telling me that the Nets have more to prove in this specific matchup than the 76ers do... How on earth are they going to get? I said in this in the game they played on Thursday, one team came in more motivated than the other. That's not not an indication that it will always be. Okay, so you're just being revisionist then, because you wouldn't have told. I'm I'm, I'm telling you. Okay, I can only tell you what I saw. No, no. So tell me what you saw before. Okay, all right, fine. If you want to call it revisionist, then sure. But I can. I literally can only speak to what I saw. Okay, so so tell me what you thought before. Did you think that this mattered to the Nets more than the Sixers going into it? I no before that I thought it it would matter equally to the same thing. All right, I'm done. Cool. That's what I want. That's, That's what, what I, I want. All right. So the, well, so when you ta- I watched the game, I can only speak on what I saw from that point on. No, you just saw a team get slapped. So now you're trying to be revisionist and think, oh, it didn't matter. No, call, I mean, it, call, it what you want. call it what you want, my right, nigga. Cool. Call it what you want. But I can only speak to what I watched on the TV. Right. Like as you're, as you're, as you're, you're trying to ting and no, no. At least we got out saying a ting. You see what I'm saying? At least, at least we got out. This guy's out here. Oh, I'm not trying to say it's more than one, and then you're trying to make it more than one game. At like, least, at least we got it. What you thought going into it? That's that's all I wanted. Robs, what did you think going into it? You thought it mattered more to the Nets than the Sixers going into the game? I I, I honestly thought honestly, if I'm being 100 percent honest, I would have assumed that the Nets had more to to prove than than the Sixers because for one, they're the lower seed. They've been on a losing streak. Kyrie they were one and three before the game. Now they're right? two and three. And if anything, I would have said, okay, maybe like, James Harden individually has to go out there and prove a point. But what does Embiid and the rest of the Sixers have to prove? They're the higher seed. To them, it, it just seems like a big game, but no bigger a game than any other thing. And that's my point. Right? Like, were I feel like the Nets three. knew from the very beginning they had the to go in there one and three, bro. They were one and three coming into the game. It's not like this This team, the same no. team, the same team with no Ben Simmons. They were going out there taking L's. Bro, I'm <laughs> telling you. Hey, the if, only if, team they beat was Charlotte and they needed 50 from Kyrie. Now they beat Philly and all all of a sudden it's all Rosemary and Petals out Not here. a soul said Like, that, come still. on, bro. But you don't listen. Like, if, well, I'm, I'm going to say one more thing. If you guys are right in terms of this, and I don't I don't agree with you, but if you are right, then the Sixers are absolutely dead. Simple. Because that means they're not getting up. They don't take this thing serious enough. And I don't believe that. So I'm not going to roll with you guys. But if you guys are true, I believe these guys are dead. Five. Nets in five. If you guys are right. 
That's if they see the nets, though. <laughs> Again, okay, but w- this is my point with this conversation about if they see the nets. If they did, if one of these teams don't buck each other, one of them already sold. So the conversation's done. It's not about selling. You could just end up losing to Milwaukee. Okay, then you were not good enough to get to that point. Then there's nothing to talk about. If you, if these two teams don't see each other, one team took themselves out of the conversation. Simple. That's how I believe it. Nets or if Nets lose to the Milwaukee, then they did not. They took themselves out the Philly conversation. Focus on on the Bucks going forward. If Philly loses to the to the Heat, then take yourself out this next conversation. Philly to the Cavs. Whoever. <laughs> if these two teams don't meet each other, then you are not serious. It's that simple to me. Fam, so but that's what I'm so, so, basic, so basically, no, but in saying that, you're talking as if like the first championship comes when we when Philly and Nets play, and then the second championship. No, comes you're not understanding. No, 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 no. What, what I'm saying, saying is, you're, you're, but you're saying, man, they're selling. No, 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 Rouse. But what I'm saying is, like, he's saying that a man, a man is selling. He wasn't serious enough to get to the real, the real series. If you lose to the to the Bucks, like, or if you lose to the Heat, like, that's no quality. What I'm saying, lose period. Like, that's what I'm saying. So I'm saying, so if if Philly if Philly doesn't play the Nets and go on to win the championship, I don't care if they didn't play the Nets. It's still a championship. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the team that loses, strictly the team that loses. I'm not talking about the team that won, that made it to the conference finals. The one team that does not show up, you're out of the conversation, period. Has nothing to do with the team that wins. The team that wins gets whatever they get. The team that lost is out of the conversation. It's that simple. What am I going to do? Wait for next year's playoffs? Because we're not going to give a fuck in, in October if these two teams play again. Nah, it, one team will it, already have proven to be better than the other one by then. All I'm saying is that, I, like, and this is not even me caping for the Nets, because obviously, like, the Philadelphia 76ers look like they're going to end up with the third with the third seed. So the only way we see the Nets is most likely in the second round. But I'm just saying is, like, the Nets have a, have a hard time to get there. Like, you know, it's, it's a, a tougher a path lot, for sure. A lot I, has and, to happen for them. And I don't care. So if you I, don't I get there, you simply are not that guy. You, you're not this. If you cannot, if the Sixers get to the conference finals and the Nets don't, there's no conversation next year. There's nothing to be spoken about. Wait, I, I don't understand. What's what's the new point though? Like I get, it's not that that's standard every year though. If you don't get there, then you're just you're, no, it's you're not because we're gonna because everyone's gonna be waiting for this next year. We're gonna talk about it again because we didn't get it. It's just all right. Look at the the Clippers and Lakers. We were supposed to get it. We didn't get it because Clippers sold. The next year, they're still talking about it. And, and we're three years deep now. We have not seen it yet. That's my point. I don't want to talk about this if they don't play each other. I guess. Like, I, I understand where you're coming from. I just don't think the media will do the same thing. But again, that's irrelevant on that point. Because right, okay. they're going to talk about what they're going to talk about. But is right. it worthy of a discussion? No, I no. agree with you. I agree with no. you there. Yeah, it's not worthy of a discussion. If Anything get past this? Because we'll already have... We'll either know if Ben Simmons is shit. We'll know if the Sixers can win a championship or if they can make the finals. Things will be known. If one of these teams fail, I just don't think it. Yeah, it's not going to be worthy of discussion next year. But again, like if if the same circumstances pop up next year, then you know, and things there is change, no same circumstances. Are they going to tra- trade Kyrie to the Sixers? But they'll have the same roster. Okay, but one will have proven they're better already. I know, but what I'm saying is, we may not. It may not be worthy of discussion next year. But if they go through the emotions next year and they end up winning the chip, this is all going to be forgiven. So, like, I'm not talking about free. I'm talking about this matchup specifically. That's all. Dead the matchup if this if if we don't get this this year because that means all right I'll give you an example because we've been on this for a while if the Sixers go to the finals and lose right but the Nets fall out in the second round and the Sixers never play them going into next year there's no discussion about who's the better roster we know because one team went to the finals and one team went out in the second round period there's no other conversation to be had whether you want to make up some stupid one because you want something to talk about fine but if we want to look at what's in front of us and what we know it would be the Sixers and vice versa that's it that's how I feel. I agree to some degree, but at any rate, it, it, it's going to play out. I, I do believe that NBA has to do a better job at structuring. Um, like, they have to figure out a way to really keep these rival, quote-unquote rivalries going if this is what we call a rivalry. Because I just feel like right now in the NBA, like, if you're supposed to be at odds with a team, like, you never really get the chance to show in unless it's playoff what, time. What are they supposed shape. to do, though? I don't know. Maybe something in the divisions or something like that. I don't know. Like, they're in the same division. They're in the same division, but I feel like if this is supposed to be a rivalry, the NBA is supposed to, like... I wonder if they play again this year. This is what I'm saying. This is a short term one. Like this is, and this is what I mean by like, I don't know. I don't know what that make could do. But I think this is. That's why I'm saying like you got to strike while the iron's hot with this one because there will be too many questions answered next year for us to have this again. Fair enough. Fair enough. But let's transition because as you guys may have known, Clay is back, and it seems like he's back in full effect. He was balling last night. 
um, against Milwaukee. And Giannis had some comments about him after the game. So um, I quote, obviously we haven't seen him for a while. We kind of forgot who he is. He made one. He made one, and we weren't urgent enough to discourage him from shooting the second, third, or fourth one. Obviously, obviously hurts to lose a game, but I'm happy. I'm happy for Clay, and I'm happy for someone who faces adversity. So, I guess the overall question is: Is Clay back, and what does this mean for G State? Because me personally, when I'm looking at it, I'm like, I don't know what to think of this. Because yes, Clay had an explosion; he had one of those games. But I've also seen games where he hasn't really shown up, for lack of a better word. So, like. I don't know if G-State is going to be able to hang their hat on Clay and say, yeah, we got Clay Thompson back as they head towards the playoffs. And obviously with Jamon out, um, they've kind of uh, slipped a little bit. But I want your opinion. I'll start with you, Chris. Like, What does this game mean for Clay Thompson? And what does it mean for G-State moving forward? Is Clay someone that they can depend on 100% moving forward in the rotation? Or is this just uh, you got hot, welcome back, and we continue with the same game plan moving forward? Yeah, it's crazy because like you hear that and – they didn't have the urgency to cover Clay, and you're like, why wouldn't you have the urgency to cover a guy like Clay? But the reality is, is that Clay hasn't or was not playing good basketball. Like that was probably his first good game in a while. Like in terms of shooting wise, like he's getting the shots up, and that won't that will never change. But if I just go back to his last, like before last game, he shot six of seventeen, three of thirteen, nine of twenty three, and seven of twenty. Sounds like he was due. Like that, that he had one game where he was the the best was thirty nine percent from the floor, right? So it's one of those situations where like a guy like Clay, he's gonna shoot until he gets his rhythm back, but at the same point, it's like you know how detrimental is it for him to be getting that many shots up and just not playing well, like. Right now, the Golden State Warriors are in a flux. Like they're they're not that the record is not good. They're not playing the best brand of basketball. You have a guy like Clay, where you understand what he has been, so you don't want to, you know, curtail him in trying to get to get back to where he can be. But at the same time, it's coming in in in, in losses. And yes, he had a good game last night, but I don't believe that you can you can depend on that. Like I'll depend on Clay having a night because he's. He's shown us to be able to have a night. But in terms of the day in and day out of a playoff series or playoff series, I don't think that same guy is there anymore. The fact is, like, when have we ever seen people get in pick and roll games to get Clay isolated? Like, LeBron just gave him a healthy dose of, of the 56. Every night I'm seeing people challenging Clay wanting him to be the primary defender on them so they can go and get a bucket. He 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 looks skinnier. He like he looks slim to me like I don't know, bro. And it's it's one of those where he's not off contract until 2023, so it's like what are you really going to do anyways? He's he's the reason why you're going to end up losing a guy like Jordan Poole because you're not going to be able to pay him on that team and if I'm Jordan Poole, I wouldn't even want to stay on that team anyways because all the shots I was taking, Clay's now taking. So for me, it's like they need him to get back into some type of a rhythm, but I don't believe that the same clay that we saw from the past, the clay that Kev believes is a top 75 player better than Reggie Miller, I don't think that guy's coming back. This guy had to throw the shot in here. <laughs> thank, thank you. I appreciate you saying that so I don't have to. So. Um, all right. I just, I just think it's just a lack of patience from people. First of all, like just looking at this one game, it means nothing because Clay Thompson's one of the top shooters of all time. Like he's going to have a night like this, even if he's one of the worst players in the NBA going forward. And I don't believe him to be that, but I'm just saying like, he could do this. This could have happened on any given night, hot, cold, anything. This could have just happened. And we know this. So it doesn't really say anything to me, but my only thing is like, you have to give him a chance to get back to being that guy. And this is what happens throughout that. Um, No player aside from KD who had two months off, two years, basically two years off and is not really comparable to Clay, could just come back and just look as good as he did. Clay's coming back in the middle of the season after missing. Remember, Clay tore his ACL, then tore his Achilles. So like this isn't just some one injury he had to come back from. So it's you have to give him the time to get back to who he was or try 
The only way he can get back to that is to put the shots up. If he came in shooting 50%, 44 from deep, everyone would be sucking his dick, acting like he's better than he was before. And I would be saying the same thing I'm saying now. Like, There's a medium here. There's a place between the clay we saw last night and the clay that we've kind of been seeing as he's been coming back. Because he's had a couple good nights in between. And I disagree with Chris because over the past couple of games, I've been watching Golden State and I've seen him get a lot of stops. So... I'm not looking at him as some complete defensive liability right now. He's definitely not the def- defender he once was, but that doesn't mean he can't get there. And if there's a guy that you kind of knew beforehand that you would say, like, you know, has the resiliency and just wants to play basketball and be as good to get there, it would be clear. doesn't mean he's going to, but it just means that, like, you got to give him more than two months. This guy's in, it was almost a thousand calendar days before he played about, since he played a basketball game and he returned in Warwick. Two months into that. So it's just, it's just, the conversation is just premature, in my opinion. And, to Chris's point, yeah, there's going to be growing pains. Yeah, maybe the Golden State Warriors lose on the back of him playing poorly and trying to get back, but that's how it has to be. You don't take a guy, you don't have a guy like Clay and bring him back and tell him to cool out, because at that point you're doing him a disservice and maybe your team long term a disservice because you're not giving him the chance to get back to who he was. That's just how I feel about it. No, I, I hear what you're saying, <clears throat> and I agree. I don't think the conversation is. It might not be the right time, but it, it has to be had now because when he has that type of an explosion, it, people are just naturally going to say, "Oh my gosh, it's Clay back! What are the Golden State going to do? What are the Golden State Warriors going to do?" Blah blah blah. But to Chris's point, I think it's very important um, to see how this plays out because he, as I said again, he is on a contract. Jordan pulls up for a contract renewal, and like obviously, as you said, Kev, he's he's been up and down, but he's had a few good games here and there. But how does that translate to playoff basketball, right? Cannot depend no. on you for 34 minutes. And he, as you said, again, it may take time for him to get back to form, but how much time, right? We don't have that much time left before we're going to have to either make a decision as to whether or not we're going to be able to rely on this guy or if we have to make a game plan change. The thing is, like, Clay won't allow you to make that decision. He's going to shoot the ball. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, what I'm saying. that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no decision to be made. Like, yeah. I don't, what, what decision are man's talking about? If you're going to decide between Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson, what type of question is that? Re- reduces you know minutes. What's, we know what's ha- see. This is what I'm saying. We know what's okay. This is what I'm saying to you. You're going to reduce his minutes, and then you're not going to. You're, you're, if if say we we're the, the Golden State Warriors, and the three of us collectively decide that you know Clay is a detriment to our team right now, and we scale his minutes back for the rest of if if we go in the playoffs with Jordan Poole as the lead dog and we lose, and we're always going to look back and say, you know what? Did we give Clay the opportunity to get back? Because we know that even if we don't know if Clay Thompson is going to get back we'd probably say that the best Clay Thompson is better than the best Jordan Poole, right? How likely are those two scenarios to happen? We don't know, but we know which player this organization is going to side with. I get that, but yeah, I guess my point was like, the caveat is, okay, in regular seasons, one thing, right? Because you know you have a you have depth, you have the, the bench that you can rely on, but in playoff basketball where the rotation's tightened, you might go into an 8-9 rotation. If he's in that rotation, his minutes naturally have to go up. So he's part of the game Right. And again, is that what you want to do moving forward? And again, they're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't I don't doubt that they're going to rely on Clay Thompson when it's all said and done. But whether or not I think that's the right decision based on how he finishes the season is a completely different discussion. To answer your question, I think you give him more than this playoffs. Like, I think he's earned the right, especially when it comes to big game back against the wall. We've seen what he's done. Like he's earned the right to. Play it out as if he was that guy for at least the rest of this year. Maybe at the end of the offseason, even then I'd still give him maybe a couple, two months into the year to figure it out. But again, I'm a more patient man than most. I, I'll say that for sure. Can they afford to be patient though? That's the question. Because with Jamon breaking down the luxury tax bill, like it's a lot of things that are are, are, are in the in the future. No, that are the way up. I see it, Jordan Poole, the best Jordan Poole is still not good enough. That's just the way I see it. If a man disagrees with me, I'd, I'd love to hear it. But I don't think the best Jordan Poole is good enough to the point where I'm going to, I'm gonna roll the dice with Jordan Poole. That's just how I feel. Fair. But what would you would you well how much money do you think Jordan's gonna get on the open market this year? They put out a tweet saying that the Warriors are gonna offer him uh four eighty, like four years eighty million. Yeah. I, I think he deserves it. No, I don't but, think he deserves that, but whatever. Like, but but I'm saying like but how, but how do you get that? How then that's the thing. Like I don't even understand how they how they how they're able to pay him that and and pay like Clay isn't Clay still making twenty plus? Yeah, yeah, Clay's gonna be like thirty or some shit. Then Curry's I love making, tax bill is gonna be Curry's crazy. Curry's making what Curry's making. You have Draymond still making what Draymond's making. I guess Wiggins. my question is like you have Wiggins that's making making what he's making. Then you have high level rookies that are still making a bag because they're top 
lottery picks in Wiseman, Kaminga. Like, I don't Money. understand how the money, how the money's still there. <laughs> like, Yo, I, okay, but this is what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't, man, I don't know. I get, I understand what you're saying because the money's not there, but I just don't care for Jordan Poole like that. Like, Jordan Poole is nice. I think he's a very good player in what he was doing all year and what he's, I think he, he should be succeeding in the role that he has now, just coming off the bench, just getting up all the shots he wants. But like, am I looking at Jordan? Does does Steph Curry and Jordan Poole move the needle like Steph Curry and Clay did? No. So if Jordan Poole has to walk for me to to give Clay the opportunity to get back to that, I'll live with that personally. I, I, I hear you. I hear you, but especially for the price, because I don't believe in the Ford eighty is something that I'd want to pay. But you, you nah, see, nah I, I definitely do. Like Jordan, and we'll talk about him later because he's definitely my player of the week. But he's been on smoke. Like he's definitely been on small and it's been all year too. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. So let's transition a little bit because there is one person I want to talk about and his name is Mr. Morris on the Miami heat. So let me just say this and I'll give you guys some context because honestly, I read the article and I couldn't believe what was going on. Obviously we know Morris had his altercation with Nikola Jokic and he claims, actually, let me not do that. Let me legitimize his claim. He was injured. Um, I believe they said it was some sort of whiplash that to his spinal cord or something like that. And he ended up missing 58 games. I didn't know it was that long. I'm going to keep it hundred percent. I thought it was been like 30, 35 games. He missed 58 games off a push to the back, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I was reading an article and it was very interesting because they were saying that Basketball is not one of the sports where you need a quote-unquote enforcer, right? Football, you might need one just because of the physicality of the game. Same with hockey. Um, but in a non-contact sport. Basketball is a contact sport, bro. But you know what I'm talking about. In a non, I don't oh, know how man. to phrase it. A in non-football a, sport? Is that what you in want In a non-head-to-head contact sport. Like, I'm not, there's no, there's not, you're not, in, you're not in encouraging violence. Okay. Right? In that type of space. Yes, it's physically, like you have physical contact because you're bumping up against one another, but you're not encouraging it. Um, like, is, and the article was saying, is there is there a place for the quote unquote tough guy in the league anymore? Like, what, what role does that player serve now? Because if guys like Marcus Morris, who are supposed to be your tough guy, are claiming whiplash for 58 games, what, what, what purpose does that, does that role serve anymore? Is it, is it just someone who's on the team to, to make up noise and not really do anything? Because, the NBA game has changed. You don't need the Charles Oakleys anymore. Those guys are are of the past. They're not needed anymore. So I kind of want to get your take. I don't even know if it is a take. Maybe it's just a, a random thought um, on, a, on a good article. But what, what do you guys think about, first of all, Morris and the whole situation missing 58 games and whether or not the tough guy act is over in the NBA? What do you think, Cam? Well, with Morris to start, I don't know, man's He could be capping. He might not be capping. But, like, my thing was when this happened, I firmly believe that something like what like some the, a push to the back like that can actually be serious, right? Whether or not we believe that uh, Morris is actually that hurt is a different question. But I always believe that a push in the back could be that serious. So Rob's framing it like it's it was a light thing. Is I just think that's incorrect. I'm not, and that's not to speak to what Jokic did or like his reason for doing it at all. It's just the action of what happened. I think it was very serious. Um, is there a need for an enforcer in the NBA? Like I don't know. What is an enforcer? None of these mans are throwing punches. Gone, like the Charles Oakley's mans are, have been gone for like 20 years. Exactly. So like, are you t- are you saying there's less? Th- you, at that point, you're telling me you got to extinct the Marcus Morris's because it's not, we're, we're way past the Charles Oakley's. And are they necessary? No. Do they serve a role? I guess. Like you have players on teams that can't really stand up for themselves or young guys, whatever. And you might need a guy like Marcus Morris. Not a Marcus Morris. I'm not going to compare him because those are the fake tough guys. But just a man that'll stand up for his teammates. I think those guys have a place in today's game. And to your point, like, what you said about the sports, the only sport that's actually encouraging violence is hockey, realistically. That's the only one you're actually allowed to drop gloves and throw hands on the on, on the on the ice and man's actually celebrated. Yeah, there's, like, a lot of physicality in football, but men's aren't encouraging violence to that degree so maybe violence isn't the right word but they're definitely yeah, encouraging I, something right yeah i get it but like the idea that basketball is not a contact sport i think you do need guys like that every now and then but all right this is the way i see it 
you can only be in so many scuffles without a, thrunch, a punch being thrown to the point where I got to just put you to the side. Just stop it. There's certain mans, Jimmy Butler's one of them, their entire career, they lead the league every year in scuffles and pushes and hold me backs, and not once have they been suspended for anything. And then, on the other hand, you got a man like Serge Ibaka whose resume is decorated. That's impeccable. <laughs> So that's that's I think we I think what what really needs to happen is the Marcus Morris is the Jimmy Butlers the yeah. hold me back guys we just got to stop caring about it. you got to do what Anthony Edwards did when Jimmy came just laugh at him <laughs> they have to that's throw hands do. man get what? a tech and throw hands like well, well, let me not get it twisted because obviously Jokic that guy put hands on Jokic so he did something it's not the same as Jimmy Butler as Jimmy Butler just moving up to Anthony Edwards but when those mans come to you and like talk and try and start something and you know they're not really about it. The man's with the, the most aggressive eyes in NBA history. Just move him to the side, bro. Let's save the conversation for man's like Serge Ball. <laughs> we're to do a really throwing hand. See, my guy, if you're an enforcer and you're not that good, I need you to throw hands. I need you to Serge get Ibaka a jack. in the scarf post game and, and, look, and look clean with it. So a vet it's class. <laughs> I think that we just have to... We just have to change the way that you think about a tough guy in basketball because I, I do believe that there's a lot of tough guys in basketball. It's just that... When, when the guys act as if they're going to do more than we know that they will do, because everybody will openly say that nobody's actually going to be out here, like, fighting, like, for real, fam. Like, when Isaiah Stewart decided that, now, nah, like, I'm going to be a tough guy tonight, <laughs> we, we all said that he has a mental illness. You see what I'm saying? So, like, so nobody actually cares to actually see a man decide that, nah, tonight is the night where I'm going to go out firing you see what i'm saying because the fans themselves will condemn it i think what we want is the person that number one is not afraid to use all six fouls number two is not afraid to get the technical foul when necessary and number three if a guy like grayson allen or whatever that guy's name is decides that they want to do something extra or 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 extracurricular then then i'm gonna take it to the floor with you and I'm going to yeah, do fact, something so. extracurricular. You see what I'm saying? I think that is what a tough guy is in the NBA. And that's that's all we as fans should assume. To assume that you're going to have a man like, oh, you talked to me wrong, I'm going to punch you in the face. Or like, I, I laugh at Ibaka, but like him strangling Marquise Chris by his neck like, like, home, like Homer Simpson. <laughs> we don't want to see that, bro. Like, we truly don't want to see that. So it's like... For me to, to be speaking like we, we want to see that is just disingenuous on our part. I Yo. think there's a lot of good guys like like Steven Adams. He's one of those guys where I believe like he's a tough guy in the way how he plays. And every single teammate that he has speaks on that. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't watch him and be like, oh, he's this or he's that. Like the way how he plays... The way how he, you know, screens for his players or defends his players. I heard Josh said, "Yo, a man spoke to me crazy," and he and 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 Stephen Adams said, "Don't worry, I have him on the next uh, box out." You see what I'm saying? Like that's to me is what tough guy is in the NBA. Like you don't have to go out swinging; just be imposing and and understand that when times call for you to use up your fouls, get a technical, or take it to the floor with somebody, then take it to the floor. That's all I care about. Like that's that's it for me still. So. Steven Adams isn't leading the league in scuffles, though. Yeah, I know, because he's not a talker. We think that the tough guys are the talkers. The man's no, I don't still. No, but but oh, that's what I'm saying. That's, right, right, I, right. Those are the perceived tough yeah, guys, the ones yeah, that are yeah. out there beacon. And, yo, to be fair, maybe Marcus Morris is going out doing those things that, like, that Steven Adams is talking about. But with that said, you, I, I don't know. I only know what I know. And if I don't know that you're doing these things, and all I know is that you're leading the league and holding me back, it's like, I'm just tired of you still. Like, is that a tough guy? Maybe, but if you know nothing's gonna happen, how tough are you? Yeah, and and that's where they fall short. Is because we we know nothing's gonna happen, but they're talking as if something. And gonna and happen. they know too. And they know exactly. So that's why it's like now we we know that we're in the theater. All of a sudden, the basketball became a play, and now we're just living out the play. Like it, we know nothing's going on right here. So like for me, it's like these people, like Marquis Morris, the Morris brothers in general are flagrant for this. Jimmy Butler, when Morris got packed, he didn't do a damn thing. Now, when all mans go to their corners, he's talking about meet me in the back. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, you had the opportunity, you were right in his face. It's like you're just looking at the video and saying, that's how my guy got put in the grab leaf? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> nah, now I have to get cheese. You know Stewart what I'm saying? Like, he could have been on the Stewart thing still. Be on your Stewart. That's what I'm saying. These mans who act like this, be on your Isaiah Stewart. And really again, meet me in the back. We Run saw what back. Isaiah Stewart did 
and we all said he had a mental illness. <laughs> like, so it's like, we don't really want tough guys. We don't want that. We don't want that. He actually sprinted to the back. That's the definition of being in the back. Sprint Bob, to the back. Man literally said the man lost his head. <laughs> Man's were actually saying, what is going on with, with Isaiah Stewart? Because he got elbowed by LeBron and he said, nah, I'm not taking it. That's a tough guy, fam. The real tough guy. And then Le- we said Le- he's Le- a mudhead. Like we don't nah, like this man is is insane. He lost his head. Yeah, man, you're right, man. We don't actually want it. We don't right. want it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I, I was a little Yo, confused when I was watching that game. That <laughs> like, puts man's in a tough position because like <laughs> we're getting at them for for not really fighting, but then if like, they actually imagine, do throw hands. Imagine if Isaiah Seward did the Jimmy Butler hold me back and he had all his the coaches and everything and he's doing the WWE and he's, you know what I'm saying? Like moving forward, moving back, you know what I'm saying? Like the wave. Might as well said, ah, oh, Isaiah, man, you're not really about it, bro. Like, yeah. stop it, man. Like, you're not about to throw yeah, hands. Facts. All of a sudden he throws hands. Especially on Braun? <laughs> like, all of a sudden he throws hands and all of a sudden the man has no sense. So, like, we don't Ma- want that. Do you guys remember uh, Aaron Aflalo? When, when he threw hands at... When he slapped man's head up top off? Nah, I think he tried and then... <laughs> uh, he needs to put him on the ruthless headlock, no? Who boxed Rafer Alton? Was it Eddie House? Might have been Eddie House, though. Uh, I remember uh, Aflalo tried to swing at a man and Bealy to put him in a ruthless headlock. Uh, man's have to watch. Go back and watch. Man's who are still listening to this at this point. Google, I think it was Eddie House. Or just Google Rafer Alton gets slapped. And I promise you, <laughs> oh man, cleaned his ball head off. Like it was madness in mid playoff game. Just gave him one slap to the back of his head, bro. Let me search it up right now. And make sure it's Eddie House, bro. Hold it. That's crazy. But let's transition because we got about fifteen minutes before we wrap up. Let's go to player of the week. Um, does anybody have theirs ready, or should I go first? I have mine ready, fam. All right, go ahead then. Player of the week. I alluded to it. Yeah, it was definitely Eddie House. Boxed the man in the back of his head. Um, I alluded to it earlier. Uh, Jordan Poole. Uh, listen, man. I believe that Jordan Poole is going to get a ridiculous bag this year. And just first speaking to who he is as a player, I, I remember him coming out of Michigan. He hit that big shot in the NCAA tournament. But his first couple years in the in the, in the the league, I thought he was a straight-up idiot. Like, I thought he was an actual idiot. I thought he played stupid. And he just wasn't good. Just one of those, you know, mans that just want to get shots up and that's it. But literally all year this year, he's shown me that he's made some incredible strides. And he's still young. He can still improve. I think he's only 22 years old. He's still going to get better, bro. And it's one of those where his last, this his last five games. He went 9 of 15, 23 points, four threes. 11 and 19, 8 threes, 32 points. 8 of 13, 20 points, 4 threes. 8 of 13, 21 points, 4 threes. Last night, spectacular night, 30 points, 5 threes, 9 of 16. Over the last two weeks, he's shooting 54, 54%. Over the last month, he's shooting 51%. Over three, three threes a game, 18 points a night. On the season, he's at 17 points a night. Like, the guy... I'm I'm proud of him, honestly, because I seen where he came from and I seen how he could have been easily if it's one of those where he showed something last year at the end of last year and then he picked up on it and took it a step further coming into this year and now he's gonna be paid for his efforts. So I hope that he gets his twenty million a year. I'm gonna go on wax. I would give him twenty million a year. If I if I was an opposing team and I needed to get him, I'm I'm going up to twenty million a year. I believe that he can get higher than that twenty million a year. But if Golden State is going to give him the twenty M's, if I'm him, I would stay. Fair. Jordan Poole got Terry. I got Terry Rozier, man. Like all season, yo, two years straight now. This guy's just been putting the ball in the basket at a very high clip. Past week, three games, twenty three points, five trays, five assists, three three point three steals. Come on, man. Three point three steals. The ball. Yeah, and he doesn't turn the ball over a lot. Like he's, yo, looking at him, I think he might be this. This might be the third or second time we've mentioned him as player week. But yeah, just looking what he was leaving Boston. I remember man said that when is Terry going to shoot over forty percent from the field? <laughs> and now he's like he's like almost damn near a forty percent three point shooter still. Yo, he's just he's good, man. Like that's one of those where there's a very rare case of a man getting paid 
without the production and it working out. Very, very rare case. He got a lot of money for a man that averaged nine points per game before he got a bag. And he's come out and 18 in his first year in Charlotte. 20.4 in second year in Charlotte. Now he's averaging 19.6 again this year, like 44% from the field, man. He's he's legitness still. Shout out Rozier. He's looking Quickly, like he's, it, it was what? actually Rafer Alston that blocks off Eddie House's head top. <laughs> I see him here on Black TV. I, hear, I see him here talking on Vlad, saying that it was the worst mistake he ever did. He's out of the league after that, no? I, lie. I don't even know if he was out of the league, but... It he was, was playing anno basketball those times. Mid-playoff crazy. game, bro. Madness. Um, my player of the week, keep it simple, is Evan Mobley, man. Last week, 40% from the field. Sorry, 40% from deep, 54% from the field. Uh, 19.5 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, 1.8 steals, 1.8 blocks. Speaks for itself. They went two and two in the last week, so they're they're slipping a little bit. But I I watched a lot of Cleveland basketball in this past week because I got Darius Garland <clears throat> on one of my other teams. And if I'm being 100 percent honest, like he he he's looking special. When I seen him uh, do the crossover tray pull up tray, I said, yeah, he's he's a bit different, and he just looks smooth. He looks comfortable out there. A lot of times when you see young bigs in the league, they look uncomfortable. They look like they're not used to playing a certain level of physical basketball, or they're not used to you know. They're not used to playing outside of their comfort zone for whatever they did, whether it was a post player, whatever the type of game they have. But I'm looking at Evan Mobley, and he just looks comfortable no matter where he is on the floor, whether he's at the three-point line, whether he's in a pick-and-roll situation on the block, mid like He just always looks comfortable, never looks out of place. So uh, he's my player of the week. I think he's special, and clearly the numbers are supporting it still. Yo, he's going to be so different next year. It's going to be ridiculous, though. He's special for 100%. He's going to be so – and, yo, this draft class – it's gonna be ridiculous. We're gonna look back on it and be like, "Yeah, that was a, that was because Cade is ridiculous. Evan is ridiculous. Jalen Green is showing us that he can be. He's a player. And then even the guys on the lower end of the spectrum, like the Josh Giddy, have our guy Scotty. Like we expect him to do great things. Like this draft class is craziness, though. It's legitness. I wholeheartedly agree. I wholeheartedly agree. But. Um, that wraps us about player of the week section. Do you guys have anything you want to say before we wrap up and get out of here? Nah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. So, as I will say again, this is the All Hustle No Look podcast. Uh, make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe. Monday's 8 a.m. Make sure you guys go double click on some of our recent content. We got a lot of interviews that came out, a lot of collaborations that came out recently. So, make sure you guys go listen to that. Really, really great stories, really, really great discussions. Um, but other than that, Monday's 8 a.m. Never hoard a good thing. Always always give it to someone who's willing to take a listen. Sharing is caring. And a lot of work goes into the content every single week, guys. So um, without further ado, we'll wrap it up, and then we'll talk to you guys next time. Take care.